A pastor friend recently told the story about her husband's experience as a Boy Scout. The Boy Scout troop was out for a five-night camping trip, and by design, they had only 12 matches for the five days. They were supposed to use their skills and their knowledge to make it through with just 12 matches. The first afternoon of their trip, it poured. It poured and poured, which meant that all the wood and the kindling and leaves that they would have used to build the fire were wet, sopping wet. But they tried anyway and began to light their matches. One match, two match, just three matches. Still no fire. Facing the dire possibility that they would use all their matches in one night, they recalled seeing another troop setting up just down at a camp not far from them, so several scouts and adults walked back along the trail to ask about borrowing fire from them. Finally, her husband's troop had a fire going, thanks to this nearby, nearby new friends, and they began to make dinner. After dinner, they sat around the fire and used its light to see one another, to whittle, and to share stories before heading to bed. When they woke in the morning, they realized that there were still live embers in the fire pit. So someone came up with the idea to carry the embers with them as they hiked. They managed to get some of the embers in one of their metal cooking pots, but of course it was too hot to hold by hand, so another person came up with a contraption to attach to the metal pan a stick so that one of the youth the Boy Scouts could carry the stick and the metal pan with the embers over his shoulder. So the boys took turns carrying the embers. Eventually, and the embers would smoke behind them, so the boy had to go last in line not to smoke out the rest of them. As, and they would refuel these embers from time to time, throw in a few leaves, a few more sticks. The troop finished their camping trip with nine matches left. The beginning of John's gospel reminds us that light and life, like what the embers offer, are two ways that the word of God expresses itself in the world. This gospel story is a birth narrative of sorts, although nothing like Luke's story that we heard yesterday at our Christmas Eve services. And we need both stories. As theologian Mike Marsh writes, Luke tells the Christmas story with facts. John tells it with poetry. Luke tells it looking from the outside. John tells it looking from the inside. Luke tells us what happened. John wants us to reflect on what it means. Luke describes an event. John describes a way of being. Luke tells a story of a particular birth using words like in those days and in that region. John's story tells of cosmic birth in the beginning. Luke has us focus on the child Jesus, and John asks us to consider what it means for us to be children of God. The Gospel of John reminds us that to become children of God is to accept Jesus as God's word, as the one born in the flesh, as God incarnate. Doesn't say how, just says accept. Doesn't say how much acceptance, just accept. And then to be children of God is also to be born of God, according to John. Thus to say that the word becomes flesh and lives among us 
is to talk about Jesus and also to talk about ourselves. For we too are flesh, we too are born of God. And incarnational living is the recognition that there is the incarnation of God in Jesus, which we celebrate today, and there is the incarnation of us as children of God. The incarnation of God in Jesus tells us what God is like, not just how Jesus lived and died and rose for us, but also the fact of the incarnation in the first place. So we might say that God is incarnational as a characteristic, as an attribute. And so God then is always doing this thing, becoming flesh, being embodied on earth, being present in ourselves and others. It doesn't diminish the great incarnation in Christ, and it doesn't mean that we are Christ or God, God forbid. Rather, it's an awareness that we can be embodiments of God in Christ in the world. Jesus in Christ is our blueprint, the model of what God incarnate looks like. And as we take in what this means, we can begin to recognize God incarnate in ourselves and in others. It becomes a part of who we are and how we approach the world. And once we understand that we too are part of the incarnational story that is Christmas, we begin to see that we can and should become ember bearers. We too should carry the ember of the light and life of Christ. For light and life is what those ember bearers offered the rest of the Boy Scout troop. The embers provided life in that it allowed them to prepare their food and it provided light for them to be present to one another at the end of the day. We can be these ember bearers. We can be these vessels of God's embodiment, God's incarnation and God's love carrying the light and life of Christ with us wherever we go. To offer the light and life of Christ to another person who's had a rainy afternoon and whose wood is all wet and who is running out of matches. That could be us offering them Christ's light and life. And let us not forget that this gospel teaches that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. For there is darkness in our personal lives, the lives of those we love, in communities where people hunger and shiver, especially on a morning like this, and in our politics where distrust and incivility is the norm. As ember bearers, we help spread Christ's light in those dark places. Likewise, to be called to be an ember bearer also means recognizing God's incarnation in others around us. They may be the ones offering the light and life of Christ to us when we need it. They may, uh, they may be ember bearers to us. And so we are to take our roles as ember bearers very seriously, for to let embers die out would have been a hardship for the whole Boy Scout troop. If we do not share the light and life of Christ with others, if we do not receive it from others when it is offered to us, the light and life of Christ will not reach those who need it, and it might dwindle with us and become just a fainter glow with each step along the way. This morning, let us be part of the incarnational story that is Christmas. Let us be the ember bearers of Christ's light and life to the world, to all who need it. Let us have eyes and hearts to see and trust that the word has become flesh among us and is still among us. 
And in this way, the Christmas story will not exist solely as one day of the year or even 12 days of the year, but it can become our way of being day after day. Amen.